It's a beautiful day in the coffee shop, otherwise known as the Artichoke Music Cafe. Next week, you know her as one of the great radio voices, but did you know that Marcia Hawker is also a singer? She'll be here. Sitting across from me today is trombonist composer teacher Adriana Wagner. What I'm wondering is how not to ask her what it's like to be a female trombonist without asking her what it's like to be a female trombonist. A question I'm sick of asking, as I am guessing she is sick of answering. We'll see how that goes. She has a bunch of exciting gigs upcoming, mostly jazz, which is her first love. One is right here in this room, Sunday, March 12th at Artichoke, as part of the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble's alumni concert. Meet Adriana Wagner. Well, a little orange light is no longer blinking, and I bet you, I bet you know what that means. Probably that we're rolling. We're rolling. How about that? Uh, we've never met. Correct. Yes. That's good. Tell about three minutes ago. About three minutes ago, we <laughs> did actually say we actually did talk a little bit before we started. I hate I, I hate to refer to that, so I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Starting fresh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. First of all, how do you pronounce your name? Adriana. Adriana. Yes. Okay. That's good. Which proves that we've never met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not Wagner. No, sadly, that sounds much cooler. But I'll go the American round. Say Wagner. <laughs> Did Wagner ever write for trombone? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. March of the Valkyries? That's wow. the big trombone feature. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I remember whenever I f- first found out that my name is, like, actually pronounced Wagner in German. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I'm like, am I related to him? Um, <laughs> later, knowing the history, you know, the bad parts of the history, I'm kind of <laughs> glad that <laughs> I disassociate myself with that. But... Um, yeah, first, first band camp I ever went to, I used that as my audition piece, really having no experience playing trombone at all. So you could imagine how that went. (laughs) 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 I was placed in last. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I know. I, I shot too high. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. How'd that make you feel? Oh, so angry. (laughs) Angry? Yeah. Oh. It was very just competitive. Angry at what? Uh, just myself. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you didn't misplace it and yell at somebody else. Or did you? (laughs) Mm, Hard to say. Maybe Maybe I did. Maybe it came out, you know, another time. (laughs) (laughs) The anger from band camp is still in there, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So have you ever played that since then? No. Really? No. Well, I haven't played a lot of classical since then. Um, two years at University of Oregon, I, I studied a lot of classical mm-hmm. against my will, but... Huh. <laughs> what is it you don't like? Um, well, I love learning the, you know, the fundamentals of it and the mm-hmm. technique, but the further you go into, like, excerpts, it's... I feel like it's the further I go away from jazz or uh. music that really resonates with me. Uh-huh. I'm, like, putting on this, um this different persona of someone who is not me or you know wh- how i how i express mm-hmm. myself in music mm-hmm. well the trombone has a definitely has a persona it's all all of its own mhm yeah w- when did you find out that that, that was how you uh, that that was part of your expression well y- actually it wasn't until high school that uh-huh. i became serious about it in middle school, I was forced to play it, and... Forced to play the trombone? Yes. 
Who forced you? <laughs> the band teacher. Really? I because I really wanted to be a part of music. I really wanted to be mm-hmm. in band. Um, and the only option for me, and this is funny because I've heard a few other people say this too, uh-huh. like, oh, I used to play trombone in middle school, but it's always like I was forced to do it because nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> forced to do it or what? <laughs> or I couldn't join band. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it is the hardest, I feel like, the hardest instrument to start on. Well, do you think the teacher saw something in you that... that, that, that Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, two middle school teachers I had were like the crankiest old men you could have ever imagined. Oh, the most uninspired people. <laughs> just straight out of the Essential Elements book. Just, okay, we're doing 21 now. Okay, 23. All right, and once we finish all that, we're starting over. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so anyways... Well, there must have been something that inspired you. Um, I think it was the competitiveness of it for me. Really? Yeah. Who are you competing with? Um, myself uh-huh. and the boys in my section. Ah. So every week we would have um, like tests to see who got lead chair. <laughs> so every week you would switch up who was lead chair. Uh-huh. You had to practice a little piece of, you know, something out of the Essential Elements book. Um, and, yeah, so it was always being switched up. And I was just so happy and on top of the world whenever I got it. And I wasn't, like, mean to the other boys in my section. I would just silently take my victory. But <laughs> anytime they got it, yeah. oh, my gosh, they were just the worst. Because they knew how much I wanted it. So they would really tease me about it. Yeah. And how did you react to that? Um, I would just get really angry. I was an angry child. <laughs> well, how did you express that? How did I express that? Yeah. Mm, I have a, a very silent anger about me, so. <laughs> um, I don't think, you know, no, I would. It's really silent but deadly. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't really, like, lash out or wasn't like anything that people could observe about me um i've always been very reserved in that sense did you turn it back on yourself um just as motivation yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I got to the point where i was like working so hard at this thing that i'm like i don't i don't even know if i care about this like you know trombone it just didn't really resonate with me i just i just hated it at that point oh, wow Come middle school or high school, yeah. I was about to quit it altogether. Um, I was like, if this is what music is, I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I wanted to play like clarinet or flute, uh-huh. something uh-huh. like all of the other girls, um, and just feel like I belonged a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, so when, when high school came, I was just about to quit. But turns out, you know, my high school that I went to was pretty, like, underfunded uh-huh. at the time. And we didn't have a lot of people coming into freshman year with, like, middle school band experience. Uh-huh. Because in the schools around the area, just kind of more low income. So, you know, not uh-huh. a lot of funding for band or music. So it turns out I was, like, the best. 
<laughs> when I came into high school. Ah. Like, you know, one of the better, more experienced players. Yeah. Um, and it was an easy elective, so I decided to do it. And then realizing, you know, finally I'm, I'm like kind of better than people. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to keep doing this. <laughs> it's like a sport. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Jeez, do you still feel that way? Um, competitive? Yeah. Mm, not in the same way. Uh-huh. No, definitely. I feel like I still, you know, I'm always comparing myself uh-huh. to others and where they're at in their journey or just being really hard on myself, uh-huh. you know, like why am I not farther along in my journey? Why don't I have this, this, and that? But um, over the years, I have learned to, I don't know, I've, I've just grown yeah. from that mentality and been more appreciative of the journey I've had to go on to get to where I am uh-huh. and appreciate the things that I have in the moment or the opportunities that I do have in the moment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sick of, 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 of people asking about what's it like to be a female trombone player? Yes. Of course you are, because everybody asks that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like on the bandstand, I feel like I'm a musician. Um, yeah. And then, like, it's almost like immediately when mm-hmm. I get off, I have, like, one or two people that ask me that, like, wow, I just never see a woman trombone player. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my mu- musical identity is just, like, ripped away from me. Yeah. And I'm just, like this woman that mm-hmm. plays trombone right. that doesn't say much you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i used to get really angry about it um but now i'm just kind of very just passive about it like oh wow yeah. really you notice how I, I asked you that question but didn't ask you the question no <laughs> I didn't. you did it sneakily I, I didn't catch you yeah. what did you ask What's it like being a female trombone player? <laughs> oh, but you were phrasing it in the way that right. aren't you sick of it? Yeah. Which I like better. Because yeah. then I get to express, yeah. yeah, I am sick of it. All right, good. <laughs> well, I won't ask you. For, for real, then, I won't ask you. But, you know, um, there certainly is, um, you, you, can cer- you can understand how people would have that reaction. Can't you? Or maybe you can you? Most definitely. Yeah. I can understand. Um, but I think, you know, there... Does it, does it put an extra burden on you? Yeah, it kind of puts me in a box. Yeah. yeah. And it just objectifies me. Right. Um, and I'm no, no longer this, like, dimensional individual. Right. Yeah. Well, we're kind of lucky in Portland that we've got so many great female musicians. You know, I mean, I know you've done some work with Mika mm-hmm. Bergerman, you know, who's fabulous. Definitely. You know, I mean, I, I did the first piece on the quadraphones. Mm, yes, those, yeah. that was like the first group that would visit my high school all the time. Really? Yes. Yeah. So I've known Mika a while. She, she knew me when I was a little angry, <laughs> angsty teenager. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't be angry with her because she's a Marine. Oh, I know. I see that side of her. <laughs> That's why, that's why we get along great. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> we sure. both have that side to us. Yeah, she's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Mary Sue and all, all, of the, all, those, all those people. Yes, Mary Sue and Mika have both been very supportive. Yeah? Yeah. In what way? 
um, just really seeing me and, uh-huh. you know, providing me opportunities that I might not have had, uh-huh. um, that I feel like is always dished out to the boys. Uh. Um, but it's nice to, you know, have, have somebody, have people that are like, hey, you're doing all the same stuff as the boys. Here you go. Right. I'm not sure if they see it that way, but that's just how I feel. Yeah. 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 And, and again, you know, the, the trombone has a, a certainly a, its own personality, you know? So are you the trombone? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I, I do have a relationship yeah. with my trombone. Sure. That's like, it's kind of just an extension of me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do see it as like existing outside of me, though, mm-hmm. when I have to like practice and it's kind of like I'm paying my respects to the instrument. I'm like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like yeah. I'm going to work hard at you. And but then other times when I'm just like on stage playing music, it's just there's no separation between me and the instrument. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just fully, the trombone is Adriana, yeah. I'm Adriana. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, is this, was there some time when that, that thought process kicked in that you can remember? Mm, I think that was when I actually found out that I love the trombone. Um, oh. And that's when that relationship with it began developing. And that was when? That was about high school when yeah. I when I was first introduced to jazz music. Uh-huh. Yeah. You had no background in jazz at all? Mm-mm. What did you listen to? What did I listen to? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Whatever my dad listened to, I think. Really? So, like, Bob Marley, uh-huh. uh, System of a Down, uh-huh. like, all this old punk rock old kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Suicidal Tendencies, uh, Dead Kennedys, things like that. Uh-huh. Earl Mons. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas, though. That was my... Really? I loved the Black Eyed Peas, yes, growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to, like, just dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing really... Stuff you could dance to. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I never really... I don't know. You had didn't like. Dance to it? No, I, I definitely did. Okay. I, ha- I had all the dance routines. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think I developed my own taste of music uh-huh. until high school. Was that jazz? Yeah. Ah. And who, who, was, who do you remember, you know, um, at, at like your first, the first thing that really knocked you out? Or one of them? Charles Mingus. Is that right? I can see that. Yeah. I can see that because he had a very strong personality, as you do. Mm, do I? Oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> We've only been talking, like, what, 10 minutes? That's all right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, I would listen to his music. I just had I had his CDs. I would go to EM Music uh-huh. and, uh, you know, get their on-sale CDs and uh-huh. just collect a bunch. Uh-huh. And I remember he had this one, I think it was Cornell 64. Uh-huh. And it has, like, just all these extended tracks. Like, one of them was, like, called Meditations. Uh-huh. It's, like, for over 20 minutes. Yeah. And, like, that was my, like, l- my, like, lullaby every night. Like, uh-huh. I would go to sleep to that music. Was it just, was it, it wasn't a solo thing, was it? No, it was with the band. Yeah. It was him just doing all of this Arco-based stuff. Yeah, and it was yeah. just amazing. And yeah. I just, I just couldn't be, like, I was obsessed with it. 
like this new sound mm-hmm. like Charles Mingus, something I've never, ever heard in my life. Uh-huh. And that was just giving me this feeling that I had never felt from music wow. before. It's something I feel like I've always craved to feel from music. Uh-huh. But like he just, he gave it all to me. It was so amazing. I'm still infatuated with his music. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw him play a, bunch of, a whole bunch of times. Wow. Yeah, it was great. I was, I was in a club once in D.C. And he came out before the show mm. and just walked over to the piano and played the piano. Just, just played the piano for 20 minutes before, yeah. the, before the gig. Mm. I was, you know, I, I couldn't believe my eye. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm here watching Charles Mingus fool around on the piano. Like, oh, my wow, gosh. You know? So did you, all those times you, you saw him, did you ever approach him? No, I never interviewed him, unfortunately. It's one of mm. the, you know, uh, I, I, I know I should have, but you know what? I, I thought he might eat me for lunch. Yes, he, he's one of those heroes that yeah. I wouldn't want to approach because yeah. it would take away my, yeah. just like <laughs> inside my head, my dream about him, like, and the relationship that I've built in my imagination with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that wouldn't turn out, you know, they always say never meet your heroes or whatever. Yeah. Do you know Cecil Taylor? Yeah. He was another guy that I thought would eat me for lunch. Mm. And I was doing a, a network t- radio talk show at the time. And <laughs> so I said, uh, I, 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 I want to interview Cecil Taylor. Yeah. And I figured he would eat me for lunch. Mm. And so I called up the guy who was there. There was a, 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 a famous publication back then called the, the Village Voice. It came out of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the guy who was the jazz, Gary Giddens, a very famous jazz writer. And, and I knew that, that he knew Cecil Taylor. And, uh, of course, I had the cachet of having a network radio talk show, which meant something back then. doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. But, um, and so I, I called up Giddens, Giddens the, the guy from The Voice, and I said, I'm going to have Cecil Taylor on. Mm. Would you be on with me? Because they knew each other. And I figured, that's going to make things good. <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about getting, mm. my, getting my, 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 my head and ears and arms and legs bitten mm-hmm. off by Cecil Taylor. Because his personality was just like his music. And right, <laughs> and uh, so he, he said yes, and then I called Cecil Taylor and said, "I'd like you to do my show, and I'm going to have Gary, Gary Giddens on with you." And he said, "Fine." So that was it was great, and he did not eat me for lunch. Oh, amazing! Yes, was, you had a little it was wonderful safety block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you're teaching now, right? Mm-hmm. So you can put into practice all the things that those other teachers did wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Definitely. Um, like, like, how do you, what do you do that, that, that they should have done? Um, I, well, I really try to nurture every kid's love for music mm-hmm. and how they, r- how they are connected to it. So, I'm never trying to force them to do anything uh-huh. that kind of either kills their love for music mm-hmm. or just makes it boring for them. Uh-huh. I always try to emphasize what they already love about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and just try to support them in doing that and always pushing them, of course. Um, but never like, oh, you want to play Pirates of the Caribbean? No, we have to practice these scales, Yeah, you know? Yeah things like that like mm-hmm. if you want to play that go ahead huh. you know they're still young kids um and i don't think that every one of the kids that i teach 
is going to end up a professional musician, but they still can have that relationship with it because it's, you know, very therapeutic relationship to have, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're young and playing music. It always always sticks with you. Is there something specific to gender that you that you that you 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 have to to when when you're teaching uh, uh, women Mm -hmm. is there something is there something special that you need you have to do that you think you have to do or that you feel that you need to to teach to them hmm or not yeah it's just as it's just as valid I don't think so. I think yeah. I just try to treat them like all of my right. other students. Well, that's the way it should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I want. I don't want somebody babying me or tiptoeing around me, which I feel a lot. I feel people tiptoe really? around me. Why? Uh, because they just don't interact with women a lot in, in oh. the music scene. Yeah, yeah. So they're just like, I feel like they get intimidated by that. Uh-huh. And they're like, just want to be really careful around me. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, just talk to me like yeah. I'm another person. Yeah. You know? Well, of course. So, yeah, I give the same treatment to my female students as my male students. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm a little harder on my male students in the sense that, like, got to chop their ego down a little bit. (laughs) A little payback, do you think? (laughs) No, just setting somebody on the right right path. Yeah, I feel like, you know, boys growing up are, are just, they they are given too much in terms of like an inflated ego Mm -hmm. for no reason i'm like if you want to have that ego better have a reason so work on this stuff you know that you can't do very well Uh just things like that um but i'm it's not like i i don't push my female students you know yeah i didn't want this to be about gender okay (laughs) i don't know why i asked that question but anyway that's fine yeah yeah um so you're teaching at Roosevelt? Um, yes, I'm teaching at Roosevelt, uh, Shaver Elementary, Lake Ridge uh, High School in Oswego. What's it like teaching elementary school kids? Um, I love it so much. I just teach them beginning piano. Yeah. So it's very chill. Yeah, uh-huh. they they have no previous experience in music. Um, and this specific group of kids that I work with are just so special and, and like out of the millions of teaching jobs I have. Yeah. This is like the one I look forward to the most. It just makes me feel so warm inside after I get done. Wow. Yeah, it's it's very fulfilling. That's great. Yeah. How do you start with them? How do I start with them? Um, I always keep a pretty calm demeanor. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that really sets the tone for them. Um, and I, I just always try to play games with them that I think they'll they'll really be engaged in. What kind of games? Um, well the the hit so far, yeah. the fan favorite yeah. is one where they're still learning the keys of the piano. Uh-huh. So we have a paradise and we got some, you know, little rubber top erasers and I put the erasers on the piano keys <laughs> and then like I roll the dice and they all gather around me like we're playing, like we're shooting crafts in the alleyway. They love it. <laughs> roll the dice, you know, might say seven. So they have to run to their keyboards and move their um, eraser, you know, seven, seven keys. And then whichever team guesses the 
the key first, the right name of the key, gets to keep their eraser there. <laughs> and it's like a race, so then we add another eraser and you keep going. Yeah. They love that. <laughs> and it really did help them learn the names. And it's just a sea of white with some sprinkles of black keys. Wow. Yeah. It's can, it can be... I know it was overwhelming for me when I first was trying to be like, what is middle C? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you started on piano? Mm-mm. Oh. I just learned piano my freshman year of college. Really? Yeah. You went to PSU? No. You I, went to, uh, I went to U of O for oh two yeah, years yeah. and then PSU for two years. Huh. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Um, so the very contrasting schools, okay. uh, yeah, UO is very pedagogical and mm-hmm. very intense, oh. like definitely the most, sorry, George Colligan, but definitely the most <laughs> like intensive uh-huh. music program, uh-huh. um, there is in, in Oregon, um, they have just like a really good classical side of it and jazz in terms of teachers mm-hmm. um and psu is great because it's in a music scene yeah and also the the professors there like daryl grant george mm-hmm. colligan um and sherry alves all are like players yeah you know they're on the scene yeah. and they're doing that stuff um versus uh you all where they're just teachers, like mainly. They can play, but they're right. not, like, out there in a scene right. really trying to, you know, they have a whole career and history of playing, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. so those are the two sides of it. Mm. Yeah. UO is definitely a bubble, um, and I didn't like it for that reason. I see. Yeah, I felt, like, very alone there and very, like, void of my identity. Like, I had... Huh. Yeah, the, it just felt very unnatural for me to be there. So I wanted to come to Portland where I could find my people and people I like to play with. Um, and just a community, a music mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. There in, in Eugene, just feels like a bunch of kids getting straight out of high school, still kind of figuring out their lives, yeah. acting like yeah. freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on their parents, not to be too harsh, but that was my experience. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, it, so it's, it, I guess um, the the value of of uh, working with working musicians must have been quite a change for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is when I like towards my senior year of high school, I already started gigging. Did you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like my first like serious gigs were like in the um, salsa scene. Really. Oh, yeah. And I had a fake ID at the time. So I was, like, playing at all these clubs <laughs> till, like, 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, with all these old guys. <laughs> just being, like, a 19-year-old girl. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Um, yeah. So that was, like, my first experience, really, just, like, working. Yeah. You know? Well, trombones are invaluable. you got to have a trombone in the song. Oh, yeah. Band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's then like a soul, like a soul, like a soul music band. You gotta have a trombone. Exactly, that's why I love it. I really have a role there. Yeah, can't play salsa music without trombone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I already had, and then just like other little gigs, but I already had like a bit of experience in the music scene. So coming to 
um, Eugene kind of like took that away for, for me, which mm-hmm. was good because I really got to just sit down and practice, which yeah. is what I wanted to do and really learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get a really good education and, and a really amazing foundation. Yeah, there's I still practice things that they, they taught me. Yeah, my classical teacher, mm-hmm. um, Henry Henniger, and my jazz teacher, Paul Kruger, yeah, we're both amazing. Yeah. They really set me up. So oh. I was I was really glad the two years that I did there. Well, it's great that you had that foundation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really get much of a foundation in high school. Yeah. Like, I didn't really have somebody really showing me the basics, making sure I knew the basics before I just started doing whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I was kind of all over the place in high school. Were you writing in, in high school? No, I didn't start writing um, until the pandemic really I wrote like a few things mm-hmm. uh, like my second year of college um, but it wasn't really till the pandemic that I found my voice in comp- composition and felt like I finally understood it mm-hmm. yeah and how is your understanding of it now my understanding of it now well compared to then yeah well I just feel that I understand yeah. my voice more. Uh-huh. Like I know my sound at this point. I've I've composed enough that I'm like, yeah, this sounds like another one of my compositions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it sounds like my style. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just trying to push myself to, you know, expand my style. Yeah. You know, figure out what else is there. Um, so I'm not just sounding the same every tune. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the pro. That is a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, when you find your voice, just to keep on it, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, the amazing thing is that I found my voice, but now the challenge is is learning more. Just the music theory of it mm-hmm. is is really the tools that you need to be able to expand your music, mm-hmm. and the, of course, the improvisational part of it really helps as well uh-huh. like when you're actually performing and having to solo yeah so those two things are i'm always working on that uh-huh. so have, have you ever played traditional uh, new orleans jazz hmm, i really don't have a lot of experience in that actually so you don't tailgate no oh. i did <laughs> i did this one thing yeah yeah it was very much like out of my comfort zone yeah. Because trombone is a major part of New Orleans, traditional New Orleans jazz. Right. Yeah. I know. I need to study that tradition more. Um, and everybody, every, every, every trombone player I ever talked to who tailgated absolutely loved it because it was so much fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I respect it, but I don't know if it's my style. Ah, <laughs> you never know. Never know. I've, I've tried. I've. I've given it a good try, though. <laughs> not to say it's not important to learn uh-huh. that that tradition. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I but see a future you. in my... It's not you. Yeah, I don't think I see a future uh, for myself in it. You never know. <laughs> you keep saying that. <laughs> Somebody might offer you a gig sometime. Hmm. You know, do you know Andrew Oliver? He's the yeah. guy who started the Portland Jazz Con- Composers Ensemble. Okay. And he was like very avant-garde and just tr- tremendous. And then he moved to, then he moved to to, to uh, England, 
and started doing um, traditional New Orleans jazz. Oh, amazing. And made a big name for himself over there. Now he's back here, and he's still, and, and he moved back here, and he's still playing. He's playing Jelly Roll Morton and mm. things like that. And this guy was like the king of the avant-garde piano here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so mean. You never know, is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just don't want to be stuck in, like, some group that's yeah. uh, kind of gimmicky, trying to <laughs> just relive the past, yeah. you know? We're playing. If we're playing um, trad jazz, mm-hmm. I want it to be like something new. I don't know. <laughs> Not just trying to like imitate the Hot Seven. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just fun to listen to. Uh, oh, I love it. I I love listening to it. Yeah. Jelly Roll Morin yeah. and Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, are you doing any recording? Um, recording is probably the least <laughs> really? of all the musical things I do. Yeah, I wish I had more experience in it. Um, you will. Yeah, yeah. hopefully, because yeah. it's funny because I was talking to somebody. I have a, a recording thing coming up for my own project, um, mm-hmm. but they were saying, oh, that must be so much less pressure than performing. I was like, no, performing is just easy. Right. It's like, right. it's like having a conversation with somebody. Like you don't think right. about it in the moment, yeah. but if you're like recording, like a voice memo to somebody, yeah. you know, yeah. it's harder. You ha- you're overthinking like what you're saying, right. and you don't have them in front of you to like be giving that mm-hmm. communication and engagement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, recording is and it's is a statement. Yeah. Statement that's gonna that's gonna just is going to be there. Right. You know, well, it's it's also a milestone. True. This is this is who I am at this moment. Yeah. You know. That's what I'm scared of. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. The more I express this concern to just people I know and uh-huh. musicians I respect, they all they all say the same thing. You know. Um, it, recording is hard for that very reason. Like nobody. Nobody really feels good about where they're at in the moment. They're always striving to get better. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you can't just wait. You're going to be waiting your whole life if you try to wait for right. when you're where you want to be. Right. Right. And also, it's the same as, as performing. I've performed so much at this point that, um, like, it's not something I overthink or get mm-hmm. nervous about. I just do it. And recordings is very much the opposite for me just because I don't have experience but I need to remember that you know I have to start doing it in order to get just more at ease about it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah have you ever recorded a live performance I'm sure you have uh, like professionally or in, in, in any way oh I record everything. myself yeah. right. everything all the time jam sessions uh, rehearsals my shows, uh-huh. other people's shows, uh-huh. all the time. Well, maybe there's something that, uh, you know, I mean, uh, do you think that uh, it might help you be more comfortable if, if, if you uh, uh, released a, a live recording? Or are you not ready for that? Mm. You're on to something. I think that <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Yeah. But I think it will still be there. Like, I'll know that I'm being recorded. 
you know? Well, yes, of course. Right. Yeah. I'll be recording and playing live, like, <laughs> but no. I like I th- but the thing is, you know, you don't have to, re- you know, if, if you don't like the result, you don't have to do anything with it. That's the thing. That's what I realized. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I won this grant um, uh-huh. at the beginning of, or, yeah, beginning of summer that I was, like, with the intention of making an album. Mm-hmm. And the deadline's June. I have to spend the money by June, so I have to do it. You have to do it. Great. They gave me the money. Deadlines are fabulous. Can't give it back. No. The, de- <laughs> the deadlines are the best thing. They are. I love deadlines. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's forcing my, it's forcing yeah. me to do it. I have to do it. Yeah. So. Oh, great. Yeah. So was your, was, was your uh, fest- uh, Portland Jazz Festival gig snowed out? Uh, Didn't you have one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I no. It was a. Uh, How was it? Before the snow hit. Okay. Uh, it was so much fun. It was mm-hmm. with Garrett Baxter on bass mm-hmm. and Dama Branch on drums. Uh-huh. So just us three playing my originals. Um, yeah, first time playing my originals cordless or really performing cordless at all. I always have keyboard or piano with uh-huh. me. Um, and so I was nervous because I didn't know what it sounded like, but Garrett and Dama are just, they're just such amazing musicians to play with. They're always listening, mm-hmm. always doing, always making moves for the better good of the music mm-hmm. and not just like, I'm going to play this here because yeah. I think I'm going to sound cool. Like, <laughs> no, they're always trying to contribute to the music and to... Mm-hmm. Um, the people on the bandstand. Yeah. 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 So it it made it just an amazing show, and I wasn't sure how it was gonna go because I was placed in this um, the University Place Hotel, uh-huh. in like the hotel's restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right. Plates clanking. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because half of the room seemed like really like dedicated audience members yeah. like very invested in the show yeah. i'm like where'd you people come from like <laughs> they were like <laughs> they were big fans um and then like i don't know like a third of the restaurant was like people that were probably just staying at the hotel getting something to eat so yeah they're just like talking over us because they have no idea what's going on <laughs> oh no this is like a performance they're like oh some jazz music in the background how nice <laughs> but the other side of people were like shushing them and stuff nice. i was like good Pretty good yeah because i would have stopped playing if people were just talking over me i oh, wasn't mic'd or anything right? oh yeah you stop yeah i'm not gonna just play would you stop and tell them to shut up no i don't think i would do that okay no i don't think i would portland audiences can be really rude really oh, compared God, yeah. to elsewhere you think portland stands out it's it's pretty it, 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 yeah to a large degree yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah the etiquette in clubs for instance there was a club we had here called jazz the opus mm. and it was notorious for having great musicians and and really rude audiences oh just people that go there to hang yeah. with music around yeah i yeah, see yeah, yeah. it was awful i think the etiquette at the 1905 is really good yes it's kind of it's kind of setting a, a oh, standard yeah. for yeah. You know, Aaron teaching Aaron people how to be in the midst of live music. I can't imagine Aaron putting up with anything, anything less. <laughs> no, it was, it did get 
that at some some points um but yeah now before shows they always do a little announcement like here are the rules here is the etiquette yes which i love i love yeah (laughs) like yes respect respect the musicians that are playing on stage i did that one time um i may have told this before because i've told everything before but um when i first moved here i'm from from baltimore and Mm. i moved here and i had i was full of east coast full of east coast all right Mm-hmm. And plus, I'm Italian. And, mm. and, and, and uh, you know, three leg. Ever heard three leg torso? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're like a kind of a semi classical klezmer rock band. I see. And and uh, I, I did a piece for the. I was writing for the Oregonian at the time, and I did a piece on their first album. And the the uh, the gig, the album gig, was a a, a, a ballroom downtown. And when. when there was a large crowd there, and they wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were over at the bar, and they were very loud. And here I am, right fresh off the East Coast. And oh yeah. Right? And I, wa- I walked over there and, and yelled at them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're the hero that we want to see at every show. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have you on speed dial? Could you please. <laughs> Because see, I don't get a chance to express anger like I should. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I know where it should go. Right. Know? It's not like I it, I misplace it. That's a good place to pl- to place it, it, it is. to project it. It is. Yeah, on, yeah, onto yeah. rude audience Shut members. Up. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? No, I feel that. I love the East Coast attitude. I wish New York wasn't so expensive because every time I go there, it's just uh-huh. the most amazing experience for me. I make so many friends. Yeah. Like on the subways, on the streets. Right. For some reason, people do not approach me in Portland because yeah. I have a resting, angry face. <laughs> <laughs> For good reason. I I just I'm messed with too much. Um. Yes. So it's it kind of. Those, it was all those, those y- teachers when you were young. Yeah, it was. It was a combination of things. Off. You're still pissed off. No. <laughs> not at them, <laughs> but it's a combination of things. But also, I've just been approached un unsolicited yeah. too much on the street um and just in in general so yeah. this is my defense mechanism but that doesn't scare people off in new york i think no. it attracts them no, of course not. Yes. but they always approach me in a very like genuine mm-hmm. and well-mannered way mm-hmm. have you ever played in new york yeah i have really where'd you play uh the jazz standard whoa which is now um the home of relix magazine uh-huh so the Jazz Standard, fortunately, closed down um, yeah. due to the pandemic. So this ma- right. music magazine. Relics, yeah. Yep, Relics, yes. Uh, they they opened up shop there. And then yeah. they uh, have, they just do live streams right now with uh-huh. like a few audience members. Uh-huh. Um, but it was awesome because I used to go to New York a lot in high school for um, like essentially Ellington uh-huh. Festival, the Mingus Festival and compete all the time. Um, always go to the Jazz Standard Monday nights to see the Mingus Big Band. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I remember it. So being there and performing and, oh, it was just so strange. You know, I yeah. just didn't, I had no idea that I would end up back there performing yeah. with like a a more like folk singer songwriter oh, really? band. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I got emotional. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. What band was it? AC Sapphire, uh-huh. yes, she's an amazing songwriter uh-huh. um, in the Portland music scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
and she wanted trombone on her music i was like all right sure. let's go Why not? <laughs> yeah yeah really yeah <laughs> um were there any 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 people from the original Minkus band and uh, w- when you saw them? I Do you know? Couldn't even remember. Okay. Yeah, I was I was new to jazz, so yeah. like learning yeah. all the names of the cats was not like right. something I had in mind. Yeah. Uh I think uh Earl Earl McIntyre. Trombonist. Uh-huh. Oh. I think uh-huh. he's an OG uh-huh. of that band. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's about that's about all I remember though. But you you weren't necessarily listening for the trombone in in Mingus's band though, right? The when it when it really when it really knocked you out, or were you? Mm, I think both. Both, yeah. 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 I wasn't like fully like studying like what is he doing there? Yeah, I was definitely taking in all of the music. Right. For sure. Right. You ever read Mingus's autobiography? Mm-hmm. Beneath the Underdog. I love it. Yeah, it was Cool. It's amazing. Yeah. I love uh, reading jazz autobiographies or memoirs that are straight mm-hmm. from the source of the yeah. musician. Yeah. So I've read, not finished, but just started too right. many that are yeah. written by some just old white, right. <laughs> like historical like writer, and it's just like this is so bland. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> you ever read Miles Davis's autobiography? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I read most of them out there. I I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah, Mary Lou Williams. Uh, oh yeah, hers is so emotional. Yeah. I, I cried very hard Did at you? that one. Yeah, wow. yeah. Books what don't really make that, me cry, what but was it that made you cry? Her journey um, yeah. and sacrificing everything for yeah. music, yeah. Um, and the fact that she was never like she didn't have an option to be like I'm a woman in jazz. Like uh. there was no option for her. Right. She just had to do what she did, uh-huh. which was like already ten times harder than like what the men were doing. Um, she just had to do it without saying anything, um, all because she loved the music. Um, and then the damage that that did do on her, which she expressed later in her book uh-huh. when she went through her religious phase, um, it was just so sad to me. You yeah. know, somebody yeah. who was just this beautiful person. A- amazing composer I really resonate with her her music um, was kind of destroyed by the thing that she really loved and gave everything to yeah yeah, yeah. I remember when she, speaking of Cecil Taylor I remember when the album of hers when she did an album with Cecil Taylor and all I could think of was Cecil shut up mm. <laughs> please shut up right right Mary Lou play all right yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> Listen, uh, you got any gigs coming up? Yeah, I have uh, this weekend, Sunday night, playing here at Artichoke. All right. (laughs) Yeah, with the Portland Jazz Composers Uh Ensemble. Uh, It's it's an alumni comp. uh, Alumni. Uh, What what am I saying? I don't know. People Um, who who recorded for Jazz Composers Ensemble? No, people that were part of the young... Oh jazz composers gotcha. program that was pretty that's a pretty important thing isn't it it's amazing yeah um yeah I, w- yeah I did it just last year yeah so fresh alumni but yeah so they're doing an alumni concert um and i'm debuting a new piece of music um that i wrote just for this this show because uh-huh. it's not often that i get a write for three horns and a full rhythm section uh-huh. 
Um, and I'm also playing in the house band. So I'm playing nice. others originals. Uh, Quinn Walker uh-huh. also is on it, and he has an amazing um, composition. Really excited does, for that. Does, does Mika run that? Yes. That's what I thought. Mika runs it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm playing with Lily Shears. Uh-huh. Um, I'm running to that right after I get done with this <laughs> uh, at Ron Tom's. Oh, yeah. Um, and Lily Shears is a harpist in town, uh-huh. and she writes all of her own music, and she sings on it as well. Um, so it's just her, me, and another vocalist, Liz Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, and this group is, is like the, the most unique group I've been a part of outside of jazz. Like a project right. outside of jazz, yes. Huh. It has its own identity. And, and something that I like is definitely the, my favorite project. Really? Um, yeah. Great. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, and then another another date, I'm band leading a show at the Hoxton through the PDX Jazz Spring Series. Uh-huh. That's on March 30th, uh, 5 to 7. Uh-huh. Going to have Ken Mastro Giovanni on drums, uh-huh. Garrett Baxter uh-huh. on bass, and Reed Walsmith uh-huh. of the Blue Cranes. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's yeah. playing. So, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that cordless thing. I, I'm going to dig into it. I really liked really? it. So now I'm going to add another horn player, see how that happens. Ah, which horn? <laughs> um, he's tenor sax. Uh-huh. Or no, he's playing alto. Just kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah. So alto and trombone. Beautiful combination. It is. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So those are the gigs I'm most looking forward to. Tremendous. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming by. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, uh, it was great to meet you. Yeah, thanks for, you know, giving me my first podcast experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier it was easier than I thought. <laughs> well, as we like to, I always like to end these things by saying, That's entertainment! Wow. 